Amen. Because of you, I get to invest into champions like that. Pretty cool. So thank you, Kingdom Builders. Seriously, from the bottom of my heart. Um, today I want to talk to you about something that um, is near and dear to my heart. I was, on, I was in a conversation with a dear friend of mine, Pastor Adam Cook, out in Idaho. And we were talking. This is when we first started running the, the academy. And I was just telling them all the things that were in my heart. This is what it is, and this is what it is, and this is what it's going to do, and this is what it's going to produce. And it's just this intricate, you know, um, surgery of the heart that God comes in and whatever does what God, only God can do. And it's through this process of being together and, and, and you know, things like only the hard things are worth doing, that concept, but then putting it into play and just taking intensely uh, memorizing scripture and then applying it to, to your life and reading the Bible and then actually doing what it says and, you know, all these things. And, and he just pops off with, so the theme of the year is lead yourself well. I said, yeah, it is now. And I wrote it down. And, and that's, that's kind of the theme of what we do in, in the academy. It's leading yourself well, which is, it can be super oversimplified, but, but it's not. It's very, very intricate. It's very intentionally done if you're going to do it right. And so today I want to share with you guys about what it is to lead yourself well. Um, FCA is leading yourself well. It's the study of leading yourself well. These students have been through a, I would say, rigorous year of intense discipleship and pursuing the Father at all costs. Like at all costs. Like laying everything behind and, and kind of opening up their hearts and saying, okay, get the magnifying glass out. And, and fellow believers and fellow students, I, I give you permission to call me out on things that you see that I might not. And so it's an intense year that they have gone through and today, at the end of service, we're going to actually have them up on stage. We're going to pray them out. We're going to celebrate them. And then we're going to have these amazing champions pray for you guys. We're going to open up the altars at the end. And so if you need prayer for something, we'll get to that. But I just want to kind of give you a heads up. If there's something that you need prayer for, I would highly, highly, highly recommend that you have one of these amazing champions of the faith pray for you. Lay hands. Pray for you. Because miracles happen. Amen? I'm just saying it's going to happen today at this altar. So the study, they literally pursue Jesus with everything they have. I want to share something with you guys that's extremely wordy, but I'm going to read it. And then I have my own translation of it because I had to in order to understand what it was saying. This is, it was from a book by George Barna, and it's called Maximum Faith. And it goes like this. He says, granted, in a culture where spiritual breadth and tolerance transcends spiritual depth and absolutes, the building blocks of transformation are daunting. Endeavors such as confession... Surrender, service, brokenness, suffering, solitude, humility, daily worship, all these things we love. Uh, simplicity and silence are not popular ideals, even if they lead to growth. Path of least resistance, right? The translation is, in a culture where everything, every spiritual thing is accepted, and in fact it's even better if we accept all spiritual things as a good enough, um, it's actually better than going deeper with Jesus in his absolute truth, because that would make you an extremist in our culture. The way we grow is by, and then all the things, confession, surrender. It's these things where, where we have to come in with the faith of a child, or we have to lay ourselves down, where we have to die to ourselves and become alive in Christ. The things where I have to take my pride, set it aside, and I have to surrender. Or I clean the toilets because they needed cleaning. 
or pick up the trash or just being servant-minded or walking in brokenness and allowing God to be the one who comes and lifts me up, right? These are the things, the suffering, solitude, humility, all these things. We know that these are the building blocks. We understand it from the kingdom concept. We understand it from the word. If you read the word and study the word, you can't deny that those are the building blocks, right, of transformation. And yet we pursue the path of least resistance. You cannot lead yourself well. You cannot lead yourself to a place of satisfaction. You cannot lead yourself to a place of the fullness of joy. You can have happiness because money can buy you happiness, but also that can be taken away. But you cannot have joy without pursuing true building of who you are and who God's called you to be, and that is leading yourself well. This is how we accomplish it, and Pastor Jim talked about it, the scripture, uh, Romans 12, 1 through 2. Well, it's like, before I go there, anybody ever shoot a slingshot? I had a wrist rocket when I was younger. It was pretty awesome. I have a confession. I shot a robin. Sorry. <laughs> I had to get that off my chest. <laughs> it was an accident, kind of. Anyway, he flew away. <laughs> Don't worry. I wasn't very good. I couldn't hold the stone very hard, but I had the wrist rocket, and I grabbed the rock, and I saw the bird, and I said, ooh, see what happens. So I grabbed the rock, and I got it lined up, and I could only pull it back so far, you know, because I could only hold it so strong. And this pressure that I could put on the stone was only so much. And as I flung the rock, it went kind of hit the bird. And the bird looked at me like, what the heck, man? And he flew away. So I didn't kill it, I don't think. (laughs) But that slingshot is a pretty cool analogy of our life. How far do you want to go? How intentional do you want to be? How accurate do you want to be? Because in order for me to do anything with that slingshot, with that stone, if you are that stone, there's going to be an amount of pressure that is going to be put on you. And if I pull you back this far with the amount of pressure, eventually it's going to slip out. But the harder I squeeze, the more pressure I put, the farther back I can pull that thing. And then let go. And the straighter it's going to go, the more accurate it's going to be, more intentional it's going to be. And I probably would have killed that bird. That's all I'm saying. I probably would have killed the bird if I had enough strength. But we are pressed, but not crushed, right? We're pressed, but not crushed. We don't get crushed, because our faith, our, our, our lives are not based on me, it's based on him. And if I'm living my life in a way that I'm dead to myself and alive in him, it's different. Therefore, Romans 12, 1 through 2, therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your body as a living sacrifice, a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and your proper worship. When we talk about pray without ceasing, talk about living our lives in worship, it's, a, it's, it's exemplifying him in everything we do. We are a bright light in a very dark place. That's just the way it is. We are supposed to be his hands and feet. We are supposed to be his voice. We are leading ourselves well, but there's a process. We have to take thoughts captive. We have to do things that we want to actually do. We have to make goals, write them down, accomplish them. We have to push ourselves past ourselves. Amen. We just do. That's the only way to accomplish it. You have to live your life as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. That means it's not for you. I'll say that again. That means it's not for you. It's for him. He says, then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will, which leads me to believe that otherwise, you would not. You would not know what God's will is, right? Right? 
That's the other side of that. We have to die to ourselves. We have to pick up our cross every single day. We know what a Christian, quote unquote, should do, but we default to what's easy instead of what's right. What we eat, who we hang out with, our exercise, our sleep, taking care of ourselves, giving too much, not giving enough. There's this constant wrestling match. It's a constant game. It's a constant balance of being led by Holy Spirit and knowing and knowing, absolutely putting your foot down and knowing who you are and better yet, knowing whose you are and acting out of that instead of acting out of my insecurities because I have them. We all do. We all do. It's a daily battle. There's this concept of putting others above yourself that actually gives you more confidence. It's the weirdest thing. It makes no sense to the concept of this culture that we live in, but it makes perfect sense in the kingdom. Jesus, right? He's the perfect example. He put himself last. He laid his life down, and now he's exalted to the highest place. So good. James 1, 22 through 24 says, Be doers of the word. And not hearers only. Otherwise, you are deceiving yourself. For anyone who hears the word but does not carry it out is like a man who looks at his face in the mirror and after observing himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. That's embarrassing. You go to the mirror to see if you got any junk. You do. You turn around. You're like, did I? Nah. And you just walk away and you're walking around with junk on your face. That's what he's saying we look like when we are not doers of the word. If you read the Bible every day, that's amazing. But if you do nothing of what you read, nothing of what God's word is teaching us, then what's happening? You're actually becoming calloused. You're actually reading something that you know is right, and you just kind of avoid because culture says this. It's, it's, a, it's a scary place to be. We want to be intentional with living our lives. We want to lead ourselves well every day. We don't want to set our alarm for 5 a.m. and say, I'm going to get up and I'm going to work out and I'm going to prepare my breakfast and I'm going to make my lunch and I'm going to save money and I'm going to be healthy and I'm going to do all this stuff. And then when the alarm goes off, we don't want to hit snooze. You did not lead yourself well. People are like, shut up. <laughs> your snooze button is ruining your life. Absolutely. Because it's stopping you from doing the things that you actually want to do. At night, you're in your conscious state of mind and you say, I want... And the next morning, you wake up, and you go, what an idiot. Who set that alarm? Oh, my gosh. That thing ruins your whole entire plans. You know, so finances, health-wise, I mean, everything. That snooze button is killing lives. It's killing careers. It's killing businesses. It's ki Trust me. Leading yourself well is like, well, there's all this giant stuff. You know what? Just get up when you say you want to get up. Let's start there. It's not easy. It is not easy. It is one of the hardest things to do. But if we want to be a person of faith, a person of integrity, a person of character, a person who, who represents Jesus Christ well, I think it starts with that. Sometimes I can't even get off the couch, so getting out of bed. You know, Jesus raised from the dead. Keith Green says, Jesus is raised from the dead. You can't even get out of bed. Like, come on, man. We got to raise the bar a little bit on ourselves. And if you're in here and you're like, well, I don't care. I don't mind sleeping in till 8 because that's when I work out and then everything. That's great. Good. You're doing what you want to do. But know who you are. Know what you want. Write it down. And then here's the kicker. This is where people miss it. Do it. Have a dream. Have a vision. Write it down. And then once you write that down, do it. That's leading yourself well. That's what kingdom looks like. When you say, I'm going to witness to three people every single day of my life, 
and then you don't do it, when you say, I'm going to anything, and then you don't do it, have dreams, have visions. God has prepared you for such a time as this. God has prepared you for such a time as this. You are not an accident. You are here on purpose. God has a plan for your life, and it is to reach other people for the kingdom. There will be people who will not spend eternity in hell because you stepped up and you, went, you got up when the alarm went off. It's weird, right? But those two things, they connect. They connect big time because you have to lead yourself well. Read the Bible and then do what it says. Matthew seven twelve says, so in everything, do to others what you'd have them do to you. This sums up the law and the prophets. The Pharisees tried to trap, trap Jesus in a question. Uh, it's a similar verse. He says, so in everything, put others above yourself, right? Do unto others what you have them do to you. It's, this is the golden rule. And the Pharisees come up and they try to trap Jesus in a question in, uh, a couple chapters later in Matthew 22. And um, it's the same thing. He says, this sums up the law and the prophets, but the content is this. So in everything, do unto others what you'd have them do to you, right? And then he goes to the next thing. He says, Jesus declared as they tried to trap him, what's the most important law? He says, love God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All of the law and all of the prophets hang on these, these two commandments. He, there's something there where it talks about childlike faith, and it talks about the um, first shall be last, and the last shall be first. And it's over and over and over again, this theme of putting ourselves last, becoming a servant, laying our lives down just like our king did. Leading people is one thing. That's hard. We all agree. Leading people is hard. It's kind of like hurting cats sometimes. But the hardest person to lead, this guy. I am the biggest pain in my butt. (laughs) I am. I am the hardest person to lead. This is what these students have spent the entire year grinding on. I mean, nonstop. Day in, day out, weekends, weekdays, mornings, nights, at the gym, killing it at 6 a.m., usually 5.30 because they're overachievers. Like 6 a.m., they're over there killing it at the gym. It's, I'm just telling you guys. I'm just telling you. They have developed this character. That's this kingdom character that is actually the simple, the simplicity of read the Bible and do what it says. This is not some crazy, intense school that goes out. Into, I mean, we are, I guess, in comparison. But in all reality, we're just doing what the Bible says. That's it. Leading ourselves well. Having goals, having ambitions, and then doing them. It's not easy. It is the hardest thing in the world to do. It's easy for me to lead them. It's easy for me because I understand the calling. I understand the weight, I should say, of my calling. Uh, as a coach, as a mentor, as a teacher, as a pastor, um, I live my life intentionally, and I, by no means do I mean I have it all figured out, because I know I don't, but, or whatever. I'm just saying, it's easier for me, I feel, because I recognize the weight of what I'm doing. I understand that as I walk, they're walking behind me, they're following me. I recognize that. So I, I take it very serious. I try to leave myself well. I try to do it behind closed doors. I try to, everywhere I go, that's what I try to do. And I recognize that my impact is big. And all glory to God because of it. But is my impact more important than yours? Your job, your spouse, your kids, 
your circle of friends? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Because my first name is Pastor, sure, okay. That's biblical, right? But does that mean I have less, or you have less of an impact? Absolutely not. The weight of the impact that you carry is exactly the same. The amount of people that we can impact, the amount of people that are going to be saved, that their names will be written in the Lamb's Book of Life, and they'll spend eternity in heaven. There's, there's a weight of that on you and me. Mine is more public, granted, but it's not more important. The kicker is this, is that great leadership is not about leading others. It is about leading yourself. You cannot lead others if you cannot lead yourself. You can, you'll just do it terribly and lead them into the wrong direction. But if you cannot lead yourself, you will not be able to lead others. It's literally like, this is what I wrote in my notes, your potential to lead others is a direct result of how you lead yourself. I'm going to say that again. Your potential to lead others is a direct result of how you lead yourself. The best thing that you can give yourself is honesty because you'll never be able to lead yourself if you lie to yourself. We have so many loopholes and gray areas and that those are lies. Those are, we're lying to ourselves. Write it down and then do it. Or better yet, read it and then do it. You know, like that's, that's what people without a vision perish. Have goals, have dreams, have visions. Write them down and watch. There's something magical about that pen, man. I don't know what it is, but when you write something down and then you take it to the next level and you tell somebody, that's what we do. It's intense community the entire year. These students hold each other accountable to this. If they say, my goal is to whatever, memorize this many verses or go to the gym this many times, then they tell each other. And when, when they don't do it, guess what happens? Out of love, they hold each other accountable. It's amazing. Be doers of the word. Be doers of the word, not only hearers, otherwise we deceive ourselves. You must be able to lead yourself. You'll never be able to lead yourself if you lie to yourself. What we do behind closed doors, this is usually where we lie to ourselves, by the way, when nobody else is looking, nobody else is around. What we do behind closed doors is more important than what we do on a platform with a microphone. It's just true. What we do behind closed doors is more important than what you do in public. As leaders, we need to be intentional in public and in our private lives because we know that we know that what we do in private always influences how we lead in public. With all this said, I want to call up my students. I want to celebrate them. Because these guys have been living this out for an entire year. 365 days. They've been walking this out. They've been hitting the streets doing ministry. Only the hard things are worth doing is the slogan that we say. We say it all the time, and it's not like this cherished we love it. It's like, no, it's just true. <laughs> you know, it's not like, yeah, let's go do hard things. No, I mean, we'll do them. We will do them, and we'll do them well. Tools and skills are great, but you can't give a hammer to a two-year-old. You can, but you're going to have issues. But there's, there's this, this world, the culture we live in, they seem to want to give out books and to, to enhance the skills. Well, the gifts come without repentance, don't they? That's what the word says, that the gifts. God gave us gifts when we were born, and the gifts come without repentance. And the world says, you have a gift. I'm going to develop it, and we're going to raise it and get you up on it, and we're going to do all this, and here you go. Now you have this gift, and you know how to wield that weapon well. 
It's great, but I'm not giving a hammer to a two-year-old. There's this, there's this process of developing character that is so much more important than the gift, right? Because you have to have the character to sustain the gift. And so that's what we've been working on. That's what leading yourself well is all about. We teach by doing. We teach about the war room mentality. We teach about being intentional with calling somebody out if you have an issue with them. That's called emotional intelligence. It's actually okay because we're not just going to have conflict. We're going to have conflict resolution. Why would you just have conflict? What's the point? Conflict resolution means we found a common denominator. We found a, a medium. And this is the way we live our lives. This is kingdom. This is Jesus. And these guys have memorized so many verses and made so many videos. And they're so creative and so amazing. And they, I have no doubt, no matter what's next for these students, I, I'll be getting a call saying, hey, I uh, hired one of your students. Do you have any more? Because these guys are amazing. Because they show up on time. They work hard. They, they have a great attitude. And the whole time, as they're working a secular job, the bottom line is kingdom, kingdom, kingdom. And they're shining their light bright. So I love you guys so much, and I am so proud of you. All right. I get to um, pray over them. But before I did, um, just last night I was thinking about things you guys have all been through this year that um, a lot of the other classes haven't. You guys went through COVID. And not only that, but COVID outside of your own home. That, for those of you who don't know, they have to move out of their own home, and they move into a host home, which is one of these families in the church, which, if you hosted them, thank you. If you want to host, we would love some more host homes. So uh, they'll be out there after service, and Pastor Jason would love to talk to you, um, because Pastor Jason has a goal of how many students? 50, which means we need host homes. So we would love for you guys to do that. But um, you guys went through COVID. You guys slept outside in a tent when it was snowing during Easter because all of our sound equipment was out on the baseball field and somebody had to. Um, so they had tents with how many space heaters? Four space heaters um, out there. Um, Sarah, you had to sleep in a trailer. You got kicked out of your host home because they got COVID, which if you guys don't know, Sarah is from Idaho. So she was already a long ways from home dealing with COVID and her family, her host family got COVID. So she had to move into the Hathons trailer. And in the middle of the night, when it was snowy, the heater went out. So... That's stuff that other people haven't had to endure. Um, hospital stays, you guys have been through. I have no idea how many COVID tests each of you have had, but you have been sent for more COVID tests. And this one is my favorite, jumping on the dumpsters. Which if you guys don't know, that's one of our things is every Friday morning, the dumpster company comes and takes our dumpster but the lid cannot even be like this far open. So every Thursday night after service, we would send one of the students out there and tell them, jump on the dumpster. And they would be out there jumping on the dumpster. And I don't remember who it was, but the first time Pastor Jason told him to go do it, the kid said, nah, I'm gonna go in the bathroom and hide from him and he'll send somebody else. 
yeah. Pastor Jason said, oh, yeah, they did. And he just went, good thing it was a guy and not Sarah, I'm just saying. Um, but those are things you guys do. You've stacked these chairs so many times. You've set up for funerals. You've set up for weddings. You've set up for um, all kinds of things. Then nobody sees the hours that you guys put in. And you do it without complaining. Um, I was here, I don't even know, Wednesday, leaving. And they were all out here behind me doing stuff, sweating like crazy, laughing. And I'm like, you guys are crazy. But here's what it is. They take scripture tests weekly. And if they miss it, they get an hour of service. If they're late, one minute, they get an hour of service. And one of the students had accumulated 30 hours this week. They had to be done this week before they could graduate. And the student said, not on my watch. We're all going to do it together. And we're all going to accomplish because we're all going to graduate together. And that's what you guys have done this year. You've fought. You've talked. You've loved. And you've done all the things to get to here today. And I think this is the first class in a long time that we've had that have all started together and finished together. And that's a huge... So thank you guys for learning to lead yourselves well. I pray that you continue. Um, some of you are not going to be around for a second year. Um, this guy is Caleb Labrie. And he is actually headed back to his church to do all the stuff that we're doing today. All the creative stuff. All the lighting stuff. All the... and. We're going to miss you tremendously. Um, yeah, I'll start crying. But just so thankful. It's always been my husband's heart that we would get people filled up and that we would send them out. And it's hard to send them out, but we know that's what God's called. So um, thank you for being obedient. Some are staying around. Some are just going to hold off, and they're going to go rocket in other places, and they're going to lead people to Jesus in those places. So um, whatever you're doing, you guys, do it strong. Do it boldly, man, and let Jesus lead you every day so that you can lead yourselves well. So if you guys are comfortable, would you extend your hand this way? We're going to pray over them. And, um, yeah, if you see them out in the hallway, give them a hug, a high-five. And just tell them how proud you are of them. Um, God, we thank you right now, Father. God, we thank you for Adrian and for Caleb and Caleb and Sarah and Austin, God. We thank you for each one of them, Lord Jesus. I have seen all of them at one time or another this year want to be done. And yet they just, Pastor Jason sends them out to pray and says, go ask God. And every time they come back and there's something in their life that they have to change to lead themselves better. So, God, thank you for that. Thank you for people who know where to run when it's time to run. Um, God, you're so good to us, Father. Thank you for giving amazing leaders like the McKays and Carlton's, Father, who just lead themselves well so that they can lead the students well. Jesus, I pray that you would... Um, 
just give them many encounters with you in the future, that those encounters would lead to salvations of other people that they encounter. God, we thank you for the year that we had them. Father, we pray that you would bless them beyond all measure today and always, Jesus. Thank you for the growth that they have all experienced. God, may those scriptures that they memorized be ever in their heart, that they would pull them out at times they didn't even know, you know, where it came from, that they would be like, man, I remember that from FCA. And God, we just thank you for this program. We thank you for all you're doing. Thank you for the home openers that open their home. Father, I pray for those that right now their heart's just beating because they want to give them the boldness to go ahead and do it, Father. And God, we just thank you again. What a blessing this ministry is. And we just give it all to you. We give these students to you. And we just thank you again. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Austin, can I see that? Um, if you guys could make your way down to the front here, that'd be awesome. I want to read this to you guys. It says that, well, they all say their own name on them, has successfully completed the Freedom Center Academy at the Freedom Center Church in Fenton, Michigan. We hereby declare that Austin, or fill in the blank, is a world changer and has been refined in spiritual, physical, and emotional discipline from the inside out. The old is gone and the new has come. Guys, I want to do something. You guys can come down the front. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to open up these altars because who wouldn't want one of these absolute champions to lay hands on you and pray for you? Because today you have a miracle that's needed in your life. You have a healing that you need in your life or in your body. And I'm, yep, alumni. So we got our students current and we got students, some students that are here that have graduated already. We got our staff. Guys, we're going to end. I'm going to pray. And if you need prayer or you want a blessing prayed over you or whatever it is, I, I challenge you to come down and have these guys lay hands on you and pray for you and watch. If not, go ahead and head out and have an amazing day. Go change the world, right? So, Father, we love you, and we thank you, God, for this amazing students. God, we thank you for this amazing church, God, that we get to be part of the body, God, that we get to be your bride. Lord, I pray that you would just bless this time, God, as we just go into you, into your presence, and we push into you and away from ourselves and away from this culture, God, and we press into kingdom culture. God, I pray for salvation today, God. I pray for miracles today. I pray for healings today, Lord Jesus. I pray for your blessings and your empowerment to be poured out as we pray today in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, amen. These altars are open, so either come this way or go that way. God bless you, Freedom Center.